Good morning. Good morning. There's a, uh, you know, I'm the youth pastor, so I get to, I think I get to have some of the most fun of all of our leadership here with our students, and a hallmark of youth ministry is games with prizes at the end. Games with prizes at the end. It is the best, because students love prizes. It doesn't matter what it is, honestly. It could be a candy bar, it could be a gift card, whatever. In the last song we so spoke of, that we sang, we were, we were talking about the prize that's waiting for us, that we get to boldly approach the throne of God, that we get to dwell in His kingdom. And what we're really saying and what we're really being reminded of is that there is, let me say it this way, God wants you to have the prize. He's not trying to hold it from you. He's not trying to keep it from you. He's not trying to put extra obstacles to make sure that, you know, well, let's make sure they, they really want. No, he, he wants you to have it. He wants you to have it. I mean, you guys, uh, I don't know. I guess in youth group, I get asked a lot from the kids. It's like, is this even possible? It sounds like you don't even want, us to, want to give the prize out. You just want to watch us be silly and doing, trying to attempt this antic that you created up in your head, this concoction you think that would just be funny. God's not like that. He wants us to have the prize, that we can dwell in his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's where we're going this morning. When I look in the room, I see, well, I got to word this right too. I see many people who have followed the Lord for a long time. That's good, right? No, no. I, that's why I said I got to word it correctly. Age has an aspect of it, right? But how many of you guys, you'd say, I followed the Lord for a long time, 30, 40, 50 years. I'm not going to go beyond that. I don't expect you to raise your hand. But there's a, many of you in here who have followed the Lord for, let's say, a few months, a year, various, various links. And the desire of Jesus for each of us is that we would finish the race that we would run well, and we would receive the prize. Amen? That we would receive the prize. And this is the word that I believe the Lord is giving to us this morning, saying, run well this life of faith that is set before you, and receive the prize that I have prepared for you. There's a race for each of us that he's set in front of us. You're running it. And there's a prize that he's designated for all of us. It's for you. It's for me. We're going to start here in Hebrews 12, 1, 2. We're actually going to stay here the entire time. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, the book of Hebrews. We have an, an author who is speaking to Jewish people who are a little bit lackluster in their faith a bit. They're surrounded by Jewish culture. He's saying, hey, do not get wrapped up in that. Run your race. And he lays out for, for them, this is who Jesus is, the greatest prophet, the high priest, the healer, the best there ever was. Follow him. And after making this whole argument about who Jesus is and why we should be after him and we should not slow down, we should not lose focus of the prize, there's this verse. And it says this, it says, therefore, 
since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, and he paused right in Hebrews 11, he goes through what's called the hall of faith. These are the men and women throughout the Old Testament who say, these are people who lived by faith. And the race that is before you, they've run it already. You're running the same type of race this life of faith, and they're kind of cheering you on. They've done it, and now they're kind of these encouragers to you where their life we can look at as an encouragement to our own race. Continuing. It says, so we have this huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Let's take this apart. We're all called to run this race that is called the life of faith. Jesus ran it perfectly. There's others before us that have run it well. Paul says he finished and he ran well, and he's going to receive the prize. There are others that go before us. They ran. They'll receive the prize. And now the call on your life is to look to Jesus to run well the race that's before you, confident in the prize that is awaiting you. So we're following Jesus. And what I really want to talk about is how is this accomplished? How is this race run? What, what trips us up? What gets in the way? There's some advice here that we're given from the, the author saying, get, get rid of this and avoid this and look to Jesus. And so we're going to break this down. There's three parts I'm breaking this down into. First is this idea, to run home. You're running the life of faith run home, or look for eternity, have an eternal focus as you're running. Jesus lived this life on earth, not running toward anything of this earth, but running toward heaven. You see that in his life, don't you? Even when he's 12 years old and his parents are like, where is Jesus? They're trekked back home. Where is he? After a day, they're like, and they, they finally find him in, in the temple after a few days. And he's like, well, don't you know, I, it's to my father's work. He's saying, don't you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything focused on this earth. I'm, I'm running for the prize. I'm here running for home. And he even says, says in Hebrew, he says, because of the joy awaiting him, because of the joy in eternity, because of the glory that he would be given, He endured the cross. In Hebrews 11, the author says a similar thing about Moses saying, with his eyes set on Jesus, with his eyes set on the goal, he threw off his Egyptian titles and instead went to be persecuted with the Hebrews. And this is us. Run home, running with an eternal focus on what's beyond, the prize, confidently walking in to the throne 
of God. Amen? This is us. In a foot race, now, I, of course, I enjoy talking about the subject of running. I do enjoy running a lot. Um, I don't run anymore. Uh, if Brittany was in here, she'd correct you quickly on that. I don't run currently. But I do enjoy running. Did anybody else, and I know I'm not going to see any hands up, did anybody else watch, <laughs> anybody else watch the track and field world championships this summer? Oh, Riley, yeah. Ooh, there you go. Tori did. Oh, Conrad. Conrad was all over it. Yeah. Nice, yeah. I love it. I love it. And you know how I know I love it? Because no one else is watching it with me. <laughs> I'm still enjoying it. And Riley endures it. That's, that's what she does, because she's a very loving wife. But I want you to imagine, we can all picture a foot race in our head. At some point in our life, we've entered races and competed against people. And, but imagine a foot race where everyone lines up to the line. There's a clear finish, and they're at the line. And the official says, ready, set. And the gun goes off, and they take off. They're going, and it's great. And then all of a sudden... You see one guy go that way, not toward the prize. You see another guy stop and start doing some sort of gymnastics act. You see others doing all sorts of various things, and only a few go through, the, through and finish the race. And after the race, yeah, everyone's about to win her, but everyone wants to know what is going on. And so you start interviewing these other guys, and they're like, yeah, we entered the race. You saw us there. We were in the race. And, and did you see, though? I didn't cross that line like that other guy, but, but I jumped the highest. And everyone's like, yeah, that wasn't the goal. Like, and somebody else is like, I ran the furthest. Oh, okay. I, sure, I guess. And someone, someone else is like, I was the least winded at the end because I I walked it incredibly slow. Okay, that wasn't, that wasn't the goal. This would be a very peculiar observation. We'd be like, what is going on? And yet, that's what happens to us. We start at the line. We start our race. And then we get distracted by what is not the prize. And so when I'm saying run for home, I'm saying do what Jesus did where he began the race and with eyes on home did not stop running. He did not lose focus of the goal set before him. These other things, yeah, they're great. You can jump high. That's amazing. You can run far. That's great. But the goal is that you would finish the race well. Who wants to finish the race well? Yeah. I want to finish the race well. I want to finish the race well. There's a parable where Jesus lays out for us what success looks like for us who are running this race. Lays it out clearly. Does not want us to be fooled. Lays it out clearly of what success looks like. It's in the parable of the ten minas. In Luke, I think there's one in Matthew as well. That's one of the ten talents. But it's this great picture of what success is and isn't. And, and, and quick summary of the, uh, the parable. Jesus tells the parable of a king who calls his servants. He, he gives them some coins. He says, okay, I'm going to be gone for a bit. Do my work. I'm going to come back. And he comes back and he calls his servants 
to him and he says, okay, now show me what you did. And we know the story. Two of the servants come and they say, I did work like you told me to. And here, I, I, I have a, mul- a multiplier to show you. Look, look what I did. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. And then there was the third servant who distracted himself with a different idea of what success looked like. He says, look, I, I buried it. I buried it because I was afraid, you know, if I lost the money or, or what have you. And so I buried it and kept it safe for you. And the, and the king's like, listen, you fooled yourself, man, with your own words. You're the evil servant. I don't want that to be me. But what the picture is here is, well done, good, and, and good, you can say, well done, obedient servant, and well done, faithful servant. This is steadfastly loyal. Well done, the person who kept their eyes on what the real goal was. You know what happens often to me is I get distracted. More often than not, it's my phone. You know, the boys say, the boys will start talking to me, and they'll be like, oh, he's in the phone zone. Nothing. <laughs> I'm in the phone zone. What happens is I don't only get distracted, but when it comes to the life of faith that I'm running is I get distracted by things that do not impress Jesus and I think are impressive. In that picture I gave you of the runners running the race, then they're like, this is impressive. Look at this impressive feat. And everyone's like, that's not impressive. What's impressive is that you finish the race strong. The issue happens when I become more impressed with things that Jesus is not impressed with. When I become more focused on things that Jesus is not focused on. When I start labeling the prize things that are not the prize. And in fact, I think that's what this is this morning, is the Lord reminding us of this. Saying, hey son, hey daughter, I want you to have the prize. But currently, you're distracted by this thing. You're really impressed by this thing. And I want to let you know I'm not impressed by that thing. And I'm here correcting you so that you can join the path. In Revelation, when, Jesus, when uh, there's this, uh, uh, these letters to the churches, many of them start out with, hey, you're doing this great, but I'm holding this against you. And I want you to correct it so that you receive this reward, this prize, this what I have for you in heaven. And that's what this is this morning, where he's saying with loving, he's saying it with kindness and gentleness, saying, don't be so distracted by what I'm not impressed with. Don't be distracted by what is not home. Don't be distracted by what is not contributing to a good race run in the life of faith. Set your heart and your focus on the prize. Stay focused on what matters, eternity, the kingdom, run home. I keep saying run home because heaven should be our home. Heaven is our home. There is a longing inside every believer that grows deeper and deeper for home, to be with Jesus in his kingdom. 
Home, home comes after the race. Home is where we receive the joy of a race well run. Your heart kind of longs for home. Anyone ever been homesick before? Homesick? I don't think I've been away from home long enough to be homesick. But the closest thing I came to it was this summer when I was with the students at Rock and Water. And on the last day, I was like, yeah, I could stay another day. But I really want to see my kids. I really want to see my wife, who I love a lot. She's not listening. Dang it. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to be home. I wanted to be home. Home is where you can relax. Home sweet home. Home's where you can enjoy yourself. You can, you know, you, your hobbies are usually at home and, and your loved ones are at home. Home is where I want to be. Home. Make heaven our home. Any of you guys watch the, the show Alone? The survivalist show Alone? Okay, yes, we got a few. Man, I am just not, I'm hit, I, like I am a boring guy, I guess, and I don't relate to anybody. <laughs> my, oh yeah, I was talking to, to, to Blake and Noel yesterday and Kinsey that my YouTube history is watching people work. And it's not even watching people work, it's watching people recreationally mow lawns. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, because it, it, I'm saying recreationally because they don't, they enjoy it and they're not getting paid for it other than their YouTube channel. Well, Kellen watches that? Oh my gosh. He plays a lawn mowing game? This is amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess when I was younger, I, I thought my parents were boring and uninteresting. And I guess I've become that a little bit. Um, just a little bit. I have these boring details in my life. But anyways, back to the point, okay? I got, I, I got distracted by what doesn't impress. Uh, anyways, in, in this final show alone, the goal is stay out there as long as you can. You're isolated all by yourself in the wilderness, right? And Riley and I will watch this together, and we know when somebody is going to decide they're going to tap out and go home. And how do we know? Every time they start talking about their family. I miss my family. I want to be home. And they have the option of being home right then. And so they go. So they go. They're, your heart longs for home. This is why Jesus says, store your, tr store your treasure in heaven, because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Your heart longs for home. It's where it desires to be. Don't get distracted from home. And often we're distracted because in this world, there are things that are trying to capture your heart. There are things in this world trying to capture your heart, are trying to get you to focus on what is not impressive to Jesus. You're running the race and they're trying to get you to jump high. They're getting tried to run longer than you need to. They're trying to get you to do all these things. This world is trying to capture your heart so that your heart is not where your home should be. Those that don't run for home don't have an eye on eternity. Don't run the race well because they're running toward whatever is fading and fleeting and not impressive to the king when he returns. This is Jesus' race, a race ran with a focus on home. 
a focus on all that's to come after a perfect race run. And because of what was awaiting him, he approached the cross, seeing its shame and disregarding it. And so this is kind of a word to us of saying, listen, the prize is so glorious that if you focus on it, what's going to happen is Jesus is going to guide you through. The Holy Spirit is going to empower you to run the race well. I'm so glad that we have a home beyond here that we're running toward. Beyond this world, there's something better, something more that my heart can long for. And even in in the midst of chaos and, and pain and struggle, it can bring a smile to us and a joy inside of us. Amen? Because Jesus has prepared a place for us. And there's a crown awaiting you, a prize for the race well run. So run for home. But the author of Hebrews doesn't stop there. He goes on and says this, hey, run free. Take off all the baggage. Anything that's hindering or slowing you down, take it off. He says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. The race is already hard and long enough. What are you doing dragging around luggage full of rocks? What are you doing making it harder on yourself? Don't weigh yourself down by what is unnecessary. There's going to be necessary struggle. There's going to be necessary pain. Jesus promises us that there is going to be suffering. You don't need to add to it. This is why we say, hey, this is why even after we become Christians, we say, okay, now we're going to proclaim our freedom in Christ. And what we're actually saying is, you've come with some baggage and let's start stripping it off so you can start running this race well. Don't be weighed down. So often we begin to struggle beyond the requirements of the race because of the baggage that we've held on to, the luggage that we're just dragging around with us. It could be worry and fear. It could be doubt. It could be shame. Our past, false perceptions of the world around us, false perceptions about ourselves, our identity, these things can weigh us down wall building, living up to false expectations or standards. These are the weights that weigh us down. But what we're being called to is to trust in Him who can remove this weight from us, relinquish them to Him. Running is painful. I don't have to tell you guys that. That's why, most, that's why I don't do it anymore. It's like I don't want to subject myself to that kind of pain today. It's already painful enough. It already has its own struggles. It already requires a certain degree of mental strength and and, uh, physical ability. Don't make it any harder. The The enemy enjoys seeing us walk around with dead weight. Just loves it. Sweet. They're making it harder on themselves. I didn't even have to do anything. Deadweight eats at our endurance and blurs our vision of the prize. I once had a youth group student who insisted that they needed to do things the hard way so that they could learn. Insisted that, you know, Stephen, 
I just feel like I just need to go out and make all of my mistakes. And I said, hey, I kind of understand what you're saying, but you can avoid like 90% of those, you know? And the other 10%, Jesus is going to take care of. And I was like, yeah, but I just, I just want to go out there and do it myself, you know? Like, just, I'm like, hey, don't do what's unnecessary. Have you guys done that? Done what was unnecessary? Now, with your grand wisdom that the Lord has given you, you look back and think, man, why did I do that? That was so foolish. Well, the wisdom the Lord is imparting on us today is run free. Run free. What I've offered you in my son is freedom. Take off the baggage. You don't need to be carrying it around. Amen? Run free. Every, in every race that there is, that's ever been run, like I'm talking about a physical foot race, every runner is running as light as possible. It could be freezing outside. And what do they do right before the race? They start stripping off all the stuff that makes them warm. Right? They run in as light as possible. In fact, there's now shoes that have been deemed too light for running because they've gone beyond a certain barrier that some committee has set or whatever. Yeah, huh. Hmm, interesting. Run free. And then run clear. This is to avoid the obstacles. Avoid the obstacles. And I think there is a distinction here because the author of Hebrews says is the sin that so easily trips us up. I think there are things that don't belong in the Christian life and they hinder our race. And then there is sin which comes in and completely stops us because it trips us and for hopefully a moment we're on our face. There is no progress. Our, our focus is off of the prize. And of course we know we have this, this God who is loving and gracious who is reaching out a hand and, and there for us to repent, to lift us back up and back on our race. But he's saying at all costs, avoid what trips you up. Run clear of the op obstacles. Run clear of what prevents forward moment, momentum and movement. And don't lose focus of the goal. I think this is an image of uh, unrepentant sin. We trip up and we hold on to our sin, continue engaging in that lifestyle, and our focus is off the prize. This is what trips us up. The moment sin becomes known and we willfully engage without repentance, it then completely trips us up. We fall flat and we need to be lifted back up. Jesus says this in John 15, 5. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And what does sin do? Cuts us off. What does repentance do? Restores the connection. As we continue to not repent, we continue to allow ourselves cut off. But in repentance, Jesus extends a hand and lifts you back up and points you to home. I'm glad for a Savior that lifts me up again and again and again, right? But at all costs, you see the obstacle, you see what's going to trip you up, avoid it. Avoid it. There's no need to walk right into it. All it's going to do is take your focus off the prize. Jesus lays out this path before us, and even when we lose track of it or stumble, 
we do not become disqualified, but when we repent, we are restored to running the life of faith with full endurance given by the Spirit. Sin doesn't get the final word. Hear me clearly on this. Sin does not get the final word. Though it should be avoided at all costs, and we may and, and we should remain vigilant to identify it and move away from it, it doesn't get to define us because there is mercy and grace pouring onto us moment by moment. And the message is avoid the obstacles. When you do trip up, accept the grace, accept the mercy in repentance. Look back to the prize and continue running well. Amen? Amen. There's, I said I had three. I guess I have four. Running with endurance or run to finish. It says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Everyone who enters a race should be entering to finish. Everyone who enters the race should be entering to finish. I line up at the starting line. I know where the finish is. And I'm running to cross the line. I'm running for the prize on the other side. And for a race like this, it will require patient perseverance by enduring through the struggle laid out before us, just as Jesus did, running to the finish. He even tells us, consider the cost. Before you even start, consider the cost. What he's saying is, once you're in, you're supposed to be in for life. For life. So if you've been a believer for 50 plus years, you're doing it right. For life. Run to finish so that the words of Paul may be our own. Paul says this to Timothy. This is 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse 7. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. That's you and me. The prize is there for you and me. And these words are words that at the end of my life, I want to claim as my own. I have fought the good fight. I have run a good race, and I am going to receive the prize. Amen? Amen. I want to say that. The Lord is speaking to us this morning. Run so that this is yours, so that you can claim the prize that I am holding for you. Endurance requires two things. I'm talking physical endurance real quick. It typically requires two things. It requires... um, the will and the ability to keep going. It's a meshing of those two, a will to keep going and ability to keep going. And in the setting of a physical race, this is accomplished through mental fortitude, my, my will, and long hours of training, my, my ability, right? But in the race of faith it's, ver- faith, it's very similar. We continue to train ourselves in the spirit to adopt the will of God as our own, and rely on his ability and strength that we may run well. The race before you, it's difficult. It's laden with its own struggle. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. He's not saying, I waltzed happily and easily to the finish line. He's saying, I fought for it. I endured for it. 
I persevered for it. And how did he do it? By faith. Because the life of faith is a life lived in faith of a God who provides his will and ability. By faith, I live according to the, to the Spirit, the will of God, and trusting that even though my ability is far lacking, His ability is abounding. Amen? And I ask the worship team to jump up. They have to gather some. Jump, jump. There's a prize for us awaiting us. Boldly I approach the throne because there's a Savior that has provided a prize for me and desires that I get the prize. So much so that he's saying, your will, it's not going to cut it. Here's mine. Adopt my will. Your ability, not going to cut it. Here's my spirit who will empower you to run well. So not only does he desire for you to receive the prize, but has made all the provision for, to make sure that you get there. Scripture says that he has not only secured our prize, but has secured us for it. So this morning, with eyes focused on the prize, what we're doing is running this race of faith with faith in God. That though there's struggle, though there's valleys and there's hills, though there's high times and low times, Though I may want to quit and distractions are all around, I'm going to run this life of faith. I'm going to trust in Him. I'm going to go where He tells me to go. I'm going to do as He tells me to do, and I am going to finish well. I'm going to live with a true understanding of what is success, a true understanding of what it looks like to run well this race with endurance. It's there for us to achieve the prize. Are you ready to run? Not physically. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the prize you have secured for us. The desire on your heart that your children receive the prize. That you have provided for us all we need to walk into your throne though I'm weak though I have done wrong in you I am strong and I am called righteous thank you Father allow us to worship you well this morning Amen